This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. All right, getting the 5 o'clock hour started on the uh, the right way. Let's get out to the zone phone. Joining us now, the general manager of the Utah Jazz. Welcome him back to the big show. He is Justin Zanuck. Justin, how are you? I'm good, Jake. Gordon, good to be with you guys. Appreciate you. Thanks. Yeah, thanks Thanks, thanks for giving us a few minutes. Uh, you know, I want to start out this way. Uh, you, you get the gig last year. Uh, you go into your first year, and all of a sudden uh, you're uh, uh, faced with a situation nobody has ever dealt with. The NBA resumes in a bubble form down in Orlando. Now we're going to have the shortest, wildest offseason ever. I guess I'll sum it up this way. How's it going? You doing all right? <laughs> I'm doing good. Uh, we're doing good. Um, obviously, we do everything as a group, and it has certainly been um, a unique uh, time. Uh, very thankful for the NBA and the Players Association for coming together to be able to finish the season in the middle of a pandemic and do it really, really safely. Um, obviously, with the delay in finishing the season and then trying to get back on track necessitates a a quick start um, on a traditional off season. I would say that we've had some time to prepare and really spend a lot of time evaluating our team and uh, being prepared for things. So, but it's just kind of in a unique schedule. So, and then everything just gets compressed here in the draft uh, free agency, you know, starting literally, I think 48 hours after the draft. So, so Justin, the Jazz have shown I, great... I guess I would add. I guess I would add one thing. I guess it'll be a, a, a pretty long chapter in a in a book. Yeah. <laughs> on the Jazz. Uh, Justin, the Jazz have shown uh, real promise. Uh, the West is is very difficult. So I guess the the the, the question is, how do the Jazz close the gap from where you are now, good to to great? I think it's always a process, Gordon. Um, Trying to go from good to great is is a difficult thing, and also maintaining in a very difficult conference. You know, it's been a difficult conference for 20 years, maybe more. Um, so it's not new to us, and the challenge is is still the same. But um, you know, we just spend every day trying to get better, uh, making trying to make as get as much data and information as possible. We make great decisions and have a you know very supportive ownership and found fan base to let us do you know what we think is right to try to get us to the next level but it's a myriad of things you know we've got a lot of different tools to um try to accomplish those goals whether it be the draft free agency and uh trades to augment the team um all of those things are just kind of swirling around right now as we get ready to you know get started for this next season the draft is obviously right around the corner coming up uh, next week, and this has been the first draft in a long time that the Jazz have uh, not had Walt Perrin right there in that room. Can you tell us how, how it's going preparing for this uh, unique draft and, and doing so without him? Well, obviously we, we all miss Walt and love Walt. He's a special guy and a, you know, has special meaning to the Utah Jazz. One of the best things that he's 
helped us with and continuing as a legacy he leaves behind here with a lot of very accomplished and uh, talented individuals um, that he took under his wing. And so, you know, all of us getting a chance to learn from Dennis and, and Walt uh, throughout the years and, and the staff that we can, uh, you know, it's never seamless when you lose a, a talented uh, executive as Walt is. And uh, I know he's going to be doing very good things in New York and helping them, you know, get through a rebuild. But uh, the people that he trained and, and remain here, uh, we, uh, we're in good shape. We're in really good shape in, in the preparation that we're ready to get through this and get this to Wednesday on the draft night. But we do miss him. Dennis said earlier, Justin, that uh, the Jazz are interested in getting, uh, I think it was, uh, I'm paraphrasing, but something along a wing defender who wouldn't hurt you at the offensive end as far as shooting goes. Is, is that one of the areas that you're circling uh, that needs improvement, or what can you tell us about that? I think, you know, pointing to Dennis's comments, as you brought out, is accurate. I think, you know, it's pretty easy to go through in an analysis of this, of this season and see, you know, what are the strengths of our team are and what are the things that we have opportunities to improve at. So certainly finding, you know, talented wing, wing and guard defenders that don't compromise spacing, they're there's a multitude of ways that we can try to accomplish that, whether it be the draft or program here there's solutions that way too um just depending on the timeline and what's available you know as we approach the draft i I think there are some capable guys with those traits i think there's also um players out there in the draft that could be unique uh to our our team that that don't necessarily fit in a one-on you know just checking a box we look for you know, high character, unique players, then they can come in all shapes and sizes. But we have multiple ways to, to address that and see if we can have a little bit more of a comeuppance defensively for the team. Jazz General Manager Justin Zanuck with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And, uh, Justin, I know there are some things that you can get into and some things that you can't. So if you can't come on, uh, comment on this, uh, we understand. But do you have any uh, thoughts on the salary cap staying the same and what impact that that will have on free agency? Uh, the most I can say about it, Jake, is that, you know, I'm very thankful for the NBA and the Players Association and their negotiations to set a system for us. You know, the biggest thing for um, upper management and NBA teams is to really know the set of rules that we're dealing with, um, whatever those may be. And I'm very glad that we're getting uh We've gotten some clarity now, and we we'll, should be able to get some some even more clarity on a transaction window opening up um, as we get started for the season. So just knowing those, we've been preparing for all sorts of scenarios to just really understand what the rules are, and then we can go out and execute what we're able to in a, a short off-season period. Justin, you probably examined a hundred, maybe a thousand deals for every one that actually happens. Uh, can jazz fans expect anything big happening this off season? Well, we're still about, you know, what a week, uh, less than a week away from the draft. You know, like I said, the transaction window is not even open yet. So, you know, I'll, that normally happens late draft period, uh, during free agency, they all come in a rush, um, scenarios that. I may not have any idea about right now other than in a 
in a theoretical sense may come to fruition two days from now. Um, and so what we spend our time doing preparing for the transaction window is being able to make um, timely decisions more that like we've got to be prepared for anything. And if, if 2020 has shown <laughs> any of us that we need to be prepared for literally sort of the late draft rush of phone calls and intel gathering and positioning for free agency and all those things of what we can expect and then just be ready to execute on that when when things come our way. Last thing for me, Justin, kind of a, a curiosity question. What's your favorite part of this job? Oh, I like all of it. Um, you know, first and foremost, the competition. Uh, second, uh, working for, you know, a great organization with great people, you know, whether that's from front office to the coaching staff to our business side to our players. Uh, so I literally enjoy my job every day. Um, certainly there's, you know, more competitive days. You know, I certainly can't get on the floor and help a team help our team win, but I can help and provide, you know, my skill set to help the Jazz try and win a title. And so certainly we have some red letter days in the off season that are gonna come bang bang here this next week with the agency and and certainly getting this team ready for the season. So this is this is a fun time um, where things are really starting to move. So these are good days right now. I want to see that Justin Zanuck crossover, Jake. I, I'd like to. I'd like <laughs> no, to you do not. That. no, you do not. <laughs> Last you know, thing the guys for me. When I'm walking, the guys when I'm walking around in the gym, they're like, hey, do you want to shoot? And I just tell them I'm in management. No, I'm just a manager. <laughs> just a manager. I just run the club. Uh, you know, one of these days, I find what you said there really fascinating about all the stuff that goes on that, that nobody ever hears about. You know, all the things that are considered, all the things that are worked through, but not don't ever really come to fruition. Man, write a book one day, will you, Justin? <laughs> I think, I don't know what the title of that would be, but you know, as again, as I'm referencing with 2020, nothing is static in this business or this world right now. You just have to expect change and be ready to deal with it, or expect a different outcome, or be ready to deal with something you didn't predict and be able to have a good data set and great people around us to all make good decisions together to, you know, accomplish our goal, which is to win a title here in Utah. Justin, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you very much for a few minutes. No, thank you guys. It's good to, good to be with you guys again. I know I'll be talking to you guys soon. So Absolutely. Thank you. Jazz General Manager Justin Zanuck with us here on the big show on 97.5 and 12 Eighty Zone. A lot of uh, a lot of really good stuff that he he got to there, Gordon. Uh, I, I thought um, I don't know where do you want to start digesting that. Answer my question that I posed to him. I thought it was interesting that he he said you never know what to expect. Do you think the Jazz are cooking something or have intention to cook something up? Oh, I think they've got a lot of irons in the fire, sure. But I mean, <laughs> there's a lot that has to happen right. uh, to make those those sorts of moves. So you know, maybe maybe it breaks the Jazz way. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe some you know, like uh, I saw Adrian Wojnarowski tweeting out that the uh, the the market for Russell Westbrook has been slow in developing. Oh, you really? Know, <laughs> slow in developing. But to move big time uh, contracts like that, you know, big time things have to happen. 
And you right. never know if something can can line up that would uh, better the either the current prospects for the franchise or or future certainly. So, I uh, I would guess no. And you know uh, Justin and Dennis pretty well, Gordon. I mean, I would guess that there's there's not a lot of phone calls left unmade. Right. I agree with that. I think there are. I think people would be shocked at how many conversations are had. Right. And how would you be? It's like that. It's like that guy who works so hard on a deal. In whatever line of work you're in, you work and you work, you put all this time and effort into making it happen, and then at the last minute, something changes and it doesn't happen. Right. And it all sort of as though you never lifted a finger. Yeah, you know? it's, uh, it, I mean, think of, uh, think of what happened with, uh, with Dante Exum that draft year, where they didn't yeah. think Dante Exum was going to fall to them. And, mm-hmm. you know, Dante, there was talk of him going number one. And then all of a sudden, think, something that you don't expect happens, and you have a player uh, that lands in your lap, and you have to make a, a quick decision on it. You know, right? And you've got you've got an evaluation on you got a you got a board all set up and whatnot. But think about trades, where there are so many moving parts to the whole thing, and it's all got to fit together. And you you you've done your part, and you've got the thing ready to go. And then at the last second, there's uh, some sort of falling out. Does Justin Zanuck strike you as the kind of guy who is, who would be stationary in any way? No, that's a guy who's constantly thinking, constantly evaluating, constantly trying to, to uh, do what Dennis Lindsay said that they try to do on a regular basis, and that is improve the team. But you don't want to make moves that makes the matters worse. Right. Right. And if if anything, I think this um, you know, management crew, uh, Justin and Dennis and David Morway, you know, I I think they've proven that they're not going to make the move that is going to sink the ship, one way right. or the other. I mean, yeah. well, what's the you know Justin's uh, tenure is, has been short, but you know the Mike Conley deal was probably the most aggressive deal the Jazz have made for a while. Correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, I, you know, I don't know how expensive. far we want to go back, but I mean that was a, <laughs> a really aggressive deal, and even that didn't have a whole lot of downside. I mean, you didn't really give up on a whole lot. I know Jay Crowder was really popular around here, and there was some draft picks involved and and that sort of thing. But they didn't, you know, they didn't move Donovan or Rudy for him. You know, it, it was right. an aggressive move, but it wasn't. There was some bet hedging there too. So I mean, uh, I I think the brain trust of the Jazz is really smart, um, uh, and I I think they do a lot of due diligence. You know, they're not really um from from my uh, perspective, they're not really the the gunslinger GM, right? The knee, the knee jerk moves, right? <laughs> that's that's not just happening. not no. their style. And, and I think that's really a positive thing. Is is I know jazz fans sometimes get frustrated with uh, with their lack of activity, but when you're in a small market, there's just not a whole lot of room for error. I mean, yeah. Daryl Morey can swing and miss at every move he's made over the past <laughs> half decade, and it doesn't matter as much because you know Houston's a big big town. Yeah, they can buy their way out of it. Right, right. So, you know, in Utah, that that margin for error is a little bit less. So I think you'd rather have, uh, you know, a management team that that is going to, you know, make good moves and and be somewhat aggressive, you know, do that diligence, but not not leave their flank exposed. But when we recently we've seen some rumors floating out there about Rudy Gobert, that would be a major, major shift. In the direction of the jazz, but if we, I don't, I don't oh, know sorry. if those things, I don't know if those things are true or not. But we certainly have heard there's been a lot of smoke about it, and something like that. I mean, I can only imagine 
what Dennis and, and Justin and everybody involved, all the effort and study and analytical data they go through as far as that, and then using their own judgment that comes along with the years of experience that they have as far as whether that's a good idea or not. We don't know. If nothing happens, then we don't know what, what almost or what might have happened. Uh, and that's sort of my point all along is that these guys are are taking things apart and putting them back together all the time. Back to the Rudy thing real quick here uh, before uh-huh. we, we move on too far. I think that if they do move Rudy, Rudy or don't, I, I think is actually an example of what we're talking about because it wouldn't be some – you know, revolutionary thing where it's like, oh, we've got to go in a total different direction. If they move Rudy, it's because they feel like they have to. It's because they feel like they can't afford him and they can't lose him for nothing. Does that make sense? It wouldn't be yeah, one of these things sense. where, where you're, you're um, you know, making some sort of uh, groundbreaking change in your roster because what you're doing is not working. If they so move Rudy, think- it's because they think that they have to move Rudy. Because he's demanding a certain amount of money right. that they don't want to pay, but they don't want to. They don't want to get there because they like Rudy. We've talked about yeah. this a bunch. They like Rudy a lot. So you think strategically the Jazz are sound with Donovan and Rudy uh, as far as their vision for the future, edging closer to real contention. You think that they believe that those two players are main cogs in that uh, in that uh, intended eventuality? Ah. My dear Gordon, now you've gotten to the the rub of the question, right? Uh, Do they feel like Donovan Rudy can do it alone? Because that will dictate the price tag. That will dictate how much they think that they can pay Rudy. If they think they can max both those players out and be contenders for 10 years going forward, then why not give Rudy the, the, the max extension or whatever? But I don't, it's, it's not that simple, right? Because right now it's pretty tough to forecast and say, okay, put those two players with anybody and they're going to be awesome. So they have to, to figure out that value, and that's going to determine whether or not they think that they can keep Rudy. Not only do they have to figure out that value, but Rudy himself has to figure out what he's worth. Not only what he's worth, but what his intentions are. Because he, I believe it when Rudy Gobert says he wants to win a championship. And if he takes up, what is it, 35% of the, uh, the gross uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, the... salary of a franchise? Yep. Uh, if he's going to absorb that percentage of the money that's available, then he's going to limit what the Jazz can do in in building up around him. Right. So where, what does he believe he's capable of doing? What does he think his worth is? And how much does he want to the Jazz to pour into that effort and, and will preclude them from from him achieving his goal? I, I, maybe Maybe people talk about championships, but they're really thinking about money. Uh, I, uh, if if we know Rudy right, I think he's thinking about both. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think he's probably thinking about both. <laughs> I think you're right about that. If I were Rudy, I'd be thinking about the money. This is the contract where you really cash in. But so, he's already he's already making. What was his last deal? A hundred million. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, I, I we've talked about this many times. Uh, rich people don't tend to not think that way. <laughs> like, oh, I've they get, look at what I've they're got not enough. making, not what they are. <laughs> <laughs> I got plenty. Uh, it's not uh, often how it works. So I don't know. I don't I, know. You hear about quarterbacks in the NFL sometimes who will displace what they're making or postpone it or, or right, right, right. But that's usually at the end of their career. That's. I mean, that, I guess that's my point. Rudy is right here in the middle of his prime. This is this is what you've been. 
you know, going through the rookie process where, you know, the rookie extension and all that stuff to, to get to this contract. So what you're saying then is they go for the money first and worry about the, the yes. titles later. Very much. Yep. Makes some sense. Yeah.